was watching the um, snowfall on Thursday. Any of you guys get to see it snowing? Any of you guys have windows at work or your apartments? And, you know, it's so beautiful. It's a little bit deceiving, though, because I'm, I'm kind of standing at my desk. And I look out the window, I see all this snow falling. And then I walk over, and I'm looking at the ground, and there's no snow accumulating. Isn't that like the worst feeling, especially as a kid, right, that you're, you're hoping that when snow falls, it means school's canceled or whatever. It's, and even as an adult, that, um, man, there, there's something about snow, like just getting out in it. And, and I felt like God was showing me on Thursday, the snow was falling, and it's so beautiful to watch and see, but it wasn't sticking, right? And I go, man, in this, this season I, that we've been in the past month, the Spirit of God has just been moving. Like God's been pouring out His Spirit in His presence. That, that God's been speaking things to you. I, I know this, that whether you've been able to put your finger on it or not, through His Scriptures, through the devotional, through people in your house church, through dreams, that God has been speaking to you. And, and, and my encouragement for us is, man, as, as the spirit falls, as the snow falls, let's, let's not just let like this season pass us and, and l- not let it stick. And, and here's what I mean. Like when, when God pours out his spirit and when God shows up and he starts knocking on our hearts and inviting us into to deeper places of communion and, and friendship with him and, and living on mission, man, that, that when our hearts are cold and receptive and hard, that, that there's something about, man, it's just a, this beautiful presence of God, but it doesn't stick in our lives. And so my prayer is that the things that, that God is doing would it start accumulating in our lives. That the things that God wants to do in us, man, would, would keep bearing fruit in season after season. And so I don't know who, who spoke into this, but man, some of you, you had an incredible fast that the past 30 days have been marked with just incredible growth. And some of you, man, it's been really hard and frustrating and maybe you quit halfway through or whatever it is. And my encouragement is that, that hey, don't, don't, don't close your heart and your eyes and your ears to the Lord. Even if you've done that, man, reopen them. But I think God has something special and fresh for us this morning. And tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday, it's not like this season is over. So if it wasn't the way that you wanted or planned, it's okay. God is still really still moving. And so we've been talking about this month, this, we've been anchored in Luke 10. We've been asking God, would you awaken us, God? And how many of you come here this morning and go, man, God, I still need you to keep waking me up. Like, how many of you feel that? Like, literally, if you, if you feel that, raise your hand. You go, God, I just need you to keep waking me up. Like, wake me up to the people around me. I still don't have your heart yet for the people around me that I wanna have. And wake me up to your presence, God. It's still not this just joy to, to come into your presence and to stay there. Would you wake me up to that? And would you wake me up to the purpose for which you have for me, God? Because I still just, I tend to, to go back into to thinking about myself. God, would you wake me up? And this morning we're gonna be talking about, God, would you wake us up to the power that's within us? Here are the words from Luke chapter 10, starting in verse five. These are the words of Jesus. It says, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. Verse eight, Luke 10. When you enter a town and are welcome, eat whatever is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. But be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would, be, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, would you be lifted to the heavens? No, you would go down to Hades. 
Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. This is the word of the Lord from, from Luke chapter 10. And so we began last week by beginning this chapter where Jesus says, hey, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That there are so many people in our world and in our city that are, are waiting to be brought to the Lord. And yet there are so few people that are actually going and bringing them to the Lord. And so Jesus looks at these gathers and he, and he says, so, so go, go do something about it. Go, go bring them in, go find them and, and bring them to me. And, and so this morning, we're gonna be talking very practically about what does it look like to actually go? I wanna give us three words, the word seek, the word say, and the word stay. The word seek, the word say, and the word stay. So look at this idea of the word seek. And so Jesus, he, he calls 72 just normal people. These aren't the 12 apostles. And he says, go. You know, we talked about this idea, especially a lot here at Ethos. Maybe you're familiar with this, but as followers of Jesus, this idea of, hey, as you go about the, just the routines of your life, man, live with, with purpose, right? And so, man, when, when you go to the grocery store on the way home from work or, or when you're at dinner, man, pay attention to, to the people that are in your path. That so often as you're just going about your life, that God just orchestrates things, that he just has this way of, of putting people in your path. And when you have eyes to see that, when you understand that, that you're not put here on this planet just to live for yourself, but to, to have purpose for life, you, you step into these opportunities and you realize, man, that as you go, that God is orchestrate, working and orchestrating things for, for his glory and for others' good. And this idea of, of as you go is, is good and it's biblical, but, but that's not what we're gonna talk about this morning. I think Jesus is pressing into a, a different idea in Luke chapter 10. It's, it's not this idea of, hey, as you go about your life, the, the idea that I think the Lord is pressing this morning in Luke chapter 10 is, is not as you go, it's, it's go. It's not, hey, as you go about life and work, it's no, go. It's, it's this idea of, of, of set aside time specifically to go look for the lost. And, and both of these ideas are good and both these ideas are biblical. As you go, it's, it's of God and it's God honoring. But this morning, we're gonna talk about this idea of what does it look like to, to go? I love that, that Jesus, what, what he's saying here is, hey, it's, it's up to us to literally create space and time in our lives to go looking for lost people. And it's not this indefinite call. Like you see this in verse 17 where, where they come back and they're filled with joy. And we're gonna talk about this next week as we wrap up this chapter. It's, it's Jesus says, hey, I want you to go. And they understand that it's not like, hey, go to China forever or, 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 or go to East Nashville forever. It's this sending, it's this pattern. It's this, it's this leave and then come back. It's this idea of as God's people that we are to create space in our life specifically to go and look for lost people. I was reading this book earlier this year and the author was talking about how he and, and his church, they did this, that they would literally create space. Hey, on Friday night, we're gonna go. And the whole purpose is not to see a movie or not to go eat at Satco. We're going to look for lost people. And I'm so challenged by that. 
He's talking to Nana's brother and he lives out in Spring Hill and she's telling stories about how, how he literally would just like go to Target and he would walk around and, and, and not just to look at Joanna Gaines's new like stuff that she's put out on the shelves. Like it was, it was a, for the purpose of, of finding lost people. And I, and I was hearing her talking about this and I was so just convicted. And so I wanna start out with, with a confession this morning that, that though we see this in scripture, that God's people are to set aside time to go look for the lost. Man, this has often been neglected in my life and in my leadership. No doubt there have been times and seasons where I've leaned into this, where I've obeyed this, where I've seen fruit from this. But recently, this has been lacking in my life. I have not set aside time specifically to go and search out lost people. If I'm being honest, it's because I'm fearful. Fearful of what will happen. You know, I see those bumper, bumper stickers that say coexist and, and I see those, I'm like, no, nah, we don't coexist. I don't coexist. But the reality is if you look at my life, I'm, the, my, my, I don't want this to be true, but my life says I'm, I'm pretty okay coexisting. And it's not the way of Jesus. If I'm being honest, I'm, I'm much more comfortable finding an aspect of following Jesus that is private, that comes natural to me. It's way easier for me to wake up and spend time in, in the Lord, with, with the Lord and scripture and prayer and don't hear what I'm not saying because that is part of what it means to follow Jesus. But what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's not as culturally offensive. It's not gonna rock anyone's boat. Have all these fears. You know, I was, I was reminding this week though, as I was reading Luke 10, as the spirit of God was convicting me, Brandon, this is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Like, this is what it means. It's not in totality, but, but this is a part of it. Just like praying and just like living in community and just like confessing sin, that, that searching out lost people is what a disciple of Jesus does. In our American context and our church, man, we've been lulled to sleep and we've kind of made it like, and that's not really what it is. But look what Jesus did. Look what Jesus commands his people to do. It is the way of a disciple of Jesus. And this is not to induce shame on us. This is an invitation into life with Christ. And we can play the game and we can go, man, I'm interested in just going to church. And if that's the case, man, come to church. But if you're actually interested in following Christ, having a relationship with the living God, like knowing God, God working through your life, then this is part of what it means to follow him. And it's actually a good thing. I remember my freshman year of high school. How many of you remember your freshman year of high school? How many of you have blotted that out? I played football and I was built like I am now, a little bit skinnier if that's even possible. And, and I would walk in and on the board would be all the different lifts that we were doing that day. And I didn't like doing most of them. You know why? Because I'd never done most of them before. And because I wasn't good at them. And I didn't know how to do them. And so I'd walk in this weight room and I'm built like this. And then I see guys built like Jake and, and you know, they're just like throwing weights up into the ceiling. And, 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 and our coach is like, hey, you gotta do squats and you gotta do cleans and you, and you gotta have, you gotta do all these parts for every part of your body. And I'm like, hey, can I just kind of do shoulders and abs? And, 
And because those are easy. And, and, and our coach understood like, hey, if, if you're actually gonna play football, like if you actually wanna be helpful to the team, you, you gotta be well-rounded. You gotta have strong legs and a strong core and a strong neck and a strong back. Like if you wanna be an effective football player, you, 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 you have to be well-rounded. And most of us, we, we don't do Luke 10 because we don't know how. Or because we've tried and it's hard. You know, we set aside time for the things that are important to us. Right? You know the things that are important to you. Look at your schedule. Hanging out with your friends, playing Xbox, going on dates, watching the Grammys, whatever it is that's important to you. You know what's important to you because you make time for it. And I'm convinced once we start re-embracing this practice, we, we, we discover that we get actually stronger and, and more like Jesus, more well-rounded, that, that the more we, we take these opportunities to, to, to talk of Jesus and to share Jesus, that, that it's, it's less like intimidating. You walk in and you're like, I don't know how to do this. You actually get strong. Right? Isn't it the way that, that it works when, when, when you lift weights, that it's one thing, something that's intimidating, you don't know how, and the more that you do it, the, the better you get at it. So let me be very clear here. Brandon, are you telling me that part of what it means to follow Jesus is to set aside time and to go look for lost people? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. We seek out lost people. We don't just expect lost people to find their way in here. But what do we say? Right, that's, that's the question. What do, you, what do you say when you're there? I love what Jesus says in verse five. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. And so 2,000 years ago, Jesus was just an, an ultimate practitioner. Like he knew this is the way that you get a foot in the door in a conversation. I'm just telling you, I, don't, I wouldn't suggest the same strategy Today, like you go to your neighbor's house today, you're like, I'm gonna try this, knock on your door. Hey, how are you, Garrett? Peace to this house. They're like, what? <laughs> we don't talk like that. But here's what Jesus is getting at. He's, he's talking about a person of peace. A, someone that is interesting in having a conversation with you. Someone who listens to you, who enjoys being in your company. This is a person of, of peace. Think about this. Do you have anyone in your life that doesn't believe in Jesus, but they know you do and they like being around you? It's a person of peace. So we're to seek these people of peace. How do we do that? Man, you set aside time. Before you set aside time, man, as you're going to wherever it is you're going, man, you pray, God, would you put someone in my path today? Literally, it's, it's, it's just asking God, God, I'm, I'm setting aside an hour tonight to go look for lost people. Would you bring someone to me? This is super practical, but I think this is important. So, so we, we pray, we ask God. And then you have to be willing to engage in conversation. Right, so wherever it is that, that you end up going, and I would encourage you just to, to think about the places that you always go, but, but think about it with a different lens. 
Where do you like to go? Do you like to go to a coffee shop and read? You like to go to the library? You like to go to Lowe's? You like to go to a park? Like think about it. It doesn't have to be rocket science. Where are the places that you like to go? And engage in conversation with people. So very practical. I think this is what this could look like. Man, you, you walk in a coffee shop and you sit down beside someone. You get your, you get your little latte. And someone beside you has a book open and, and you know, they kind of look down and, and they look at you and, and you realize, oh, I could have a conversation with this person. And so you just ask them, hey, what are you reading? And some of you don't need this. Some of you guys can make conversation with a wall, but, but some of us, man, we, we, we need that. This is practically, you look, hey, what are you reading? Well, what's it about? And then here's something that's so just powerful. Just listen. Ask a question and just listen to what they say. Like you'll, it, it, it's crazy if you'll just look someone in the eye and you'll pay attention to the words that are coming out of the mouth because no one listens in our society. Everyone wants to talk. And you'll stand out if you choose to listen. And then as you listen, they, they, they open up, they might say something and, and it gives you an opportunity to ask questions. I'm like, we know how to have a conversation, right? You know how to, to talk to someone and to, to be curious about their life, to be curious about what's going on in their lives. And so have a conversation if, at the coffee shop or maybe you're at Home Depot and, and you're looking at the, the, the wood and, and someone's standing there. And, and here, here's a way to open up that conversation. Hey, what are you working on? What are you building? See if they're willing to have a conversation. You have to be willing to engage in conversation to discover a person of peace. If they ask question, que, questions, I don't know what those are. If they ask questions back, man, don't be afraid to be outed as a follower of Jesus. I heard that on a podcast this week and I'm like, oh man, I've spent a lot of my life trying to be this like covert, you know, like undercover agent. And no, don't, don't. Don't do that. You know, we, we talk about the things that we naturally love. And talking about Jesus might not feel natural at first. It might even feel forced because we don't do it very much and we don't do it very well. And it's not culturally acceptable, but the more that we do it, it's like, you know, you, you do squats. You think about the first time you've done squats and, and then you haven't done it in four or five months and you do it and you wake up the next morning and you're like, can I cut off my legs, please? Like they hurt so bad. But the more that you do them, you don't have that feeling anymore. And the more you start to talk about Jesus, it's gonna be so clunky and it's gonna come out so awkward and, and, and it's, not gonna feel, it's gonna feel forced. But the more that you do it, the more fluent you become, the more confident you become, the more you walk in the weight room and you see that and you're like, I can do this. And so many of us, man, we, we see this and we walk in and we see, oh, we gotta share our faith. I'm out. I'm just gonna go to church because it's easier. And we miss out on following Jesus. If someone asks you at Home Depot at the coffee shop, hey, what are you doing today? Tell them why you're there. Don't be sneaky. Like, don't, don't try to like, pull one on them. Tell them why you're there. This is what it might look like, okay? I'm a follower of Jesus. Part of what it looks like to, to follow his life and his teaching is, is that we set aside time to, to go and, and, and look for people to encourage, 
that we look for people to pray for, that, that we, we look for people who, who need to know that God loves them. And some people, you're gonna share that and they're gonna be like, I'm out. <laughs> like, I don't wanna talk to you. But some people are gonna be so moved by your boldness. They're actually gonna take a step closer to Jesus. Something might come up in conversation. It's crazy how often when you just talk to someone, they let you in on the real pain in their life. I'm really wrestling through this right now. I've got something physically going on in my life, for my parents' life, for my friend's life, for my fiance's life. And I love what Jesus says. He says, heal the sick. Now, I don't know what you believe about healing. I believe that God still heals today just like he did yesterday, that the miraculous healings, I've seen it. I believe in it. I believe that one of the reasons that we don't see it is because we don't ask for it. We're not living in faith. And the more that we start asking God to heal, the more we're gonna start seeing God heal. That's how faith works. This morning, I had this opportunity. So, man, it's so awkward. And I wanna just testify so it encourages you. So, I stop at um, this, this place to get a smoothie this morning before I come over here to go over my notes. And I'm just asking, I'm just trying to practice this. So I don't, wanna, I don't wanna tell you guys to do something that I'm not willing to do. So I'm like, okay, God, give me an opportunity here. And my heart's like beating out of my chest. And I walk in and God's super kind. And the first thing he asked me, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing this morning? No one else is up. Why are you here so early? And I'm like, okay, am I gonna be covert? <laughs> I'm like, I'm actually, I'm headed over to our church. We have church, I'm, I'm about to preach the word. And the guy like lights up. He's like, that's awesome. He's like, I'm a follower of Jesus. And we have this really cool conversation about what God's doing in his life. And there's another guy over there like cutting bananas or cutting something up. And, and I look over and I kind of see him out of the corner of my eye and he's like nodding his head. And I'm like, okay. I need to talk to this guy too. And so some more customers come in and the first guy I was talking to, um, he's dealing with the new customers and I kind of slide down. I'm starting to talk to this guy and, and I'm like, hey, I saw you nodding your head. Are you a follower of Jesus? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I am. And I'm like, well, tell me about your life. And he's like, man, actually life is really hard right now. I'm like, well, tell me about that. I mean, this, it's just, this is what happened this morning. I'm like, well, tell me about what's going on in your life. Like it happens when you listen, you ask questions man, my, my girlfriend, she's having some like, major health issues and it's really hard. And I think about this, okay, heal the sick. And on my radar, I'm like, okay, you told us to do this. I'm gonna pray for, for healing. This is what I'm thinking as I'm listening to this guy. And I'm like, okay. And so we, we keep talking and he keeps opening up and sharing and, and he's asking about our church and you can tell that he's just curious. He's a person of peace. And I'm about to ask him about his, his girlfriend, I'm about to ask him for healing. And I see this girl walk in and she's clearly um, there to, to work. And so I literally ask him, I'm like, hey, so, um, so who, like, what's your girlfriend's name? And he's like, and I'm like, oh gosh, this is so awkward. And, and so I'm, I'm literally just like, I feel so, you ever feel awkward, right? Like, and I'm just like, oh God, take me out of this moment. And so anyways, I'm like, I gotta go pray for this girl but I'm nervous and I'm scared. 
and I'm scared of what she's gonna think. And so I actually, I, I leave the juice bar and I'm walking on the sidewalk and the Lord's like, you're about to go preach on healing the sick. Do you believe that I heal the sick? Like, you know that she has something. Do you believe that I heal? And I'm like, yes, Lord. I do. And so I turn around and about that time she's opened up the door and she walks out and I'm like, ma'am, so it's so awkward. Ma'am, yes. <laughs> hey, what's your name? And, you know, hey, is, are, you, are you and him? I mean, this is literally kind of how it went. I'm just like stumbling. I feel like I'm pretty smooth, like talking to, and I'm just so awkward. Like, are, are, you, are you and him boyfriend? And she's like, um, kind of. And I'm like, okay, don't tell him that. He thinks something different. Like, and I'm like, he, he told me that you're kind of going through some stuff. And, and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, this is so weird. I'm just going to say it. Can I pray for you? <laughs> Have no idea how she's going to receive it. Like, this is the most awkward conversation I've been in this year. <laughs> she's like, yes. So I'm standing, you know, from me to Andrew on the sidewalk, just praying for this lady. Just normal, just close my eyes. I'm not touching her. I'm not, I'm just praying for her. Praying that God would heal her. Praying that God would help her know that she's seen, that she's loved, that God notices her. And I'm leaving and I'm walking back to the car and my heart's still beating, but it's not nervousness, it's exhilaration. It's the thrill of walking with God. Taking a chance, caring about people, not being so worried about my job, preaching a great sermon, but man, being concerned about people. I love what Jesus says. He says, heal the sick. Tell them that the kingdom of God has come near. And what he's saying is that, man, hey, tell people, God sees you. And I'm just telling you guys, this is God's heart for us. And every fear that we have about what's gonna happen and what's gonna come out, and is it gonna be awkward? Yes. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on us. And you might look like a fool. You might stumble through your words. But you're going to be so alive. You're going to be awake. So what do we, we seek? We say, and I love this, this, this last idea, we, we stay. See this in verse seven. This is what Jesus says. Hey, stay there. Stay there. So literally, like when, when you find a person of peace, at the coffee shop, at, at Lowe's, at the park, at your CrossFit gym, a person of peace, he says, stay there. Not necessarily like stay there all night, like, but, but more stay in relationship with them. Like if they're interested in having a relationship with you, if, if you've been bold and, and they see that you love Jesus and, and, and they're interested in, in walking with you, stay in that relationship, be consistent, be present. It's what Alex is doing. It's what I'm experiencing with one of my friends who's not a follower of Jesus. He's actually Muslim and, and I've shared Jesus, I've shared like what, who, who Christ is to, to me and what he's doing and, 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 and he's not repelled by that. Stay consistent. When people open up your, their life to you, stay in their lives. Spend time with them. Walk with them. And when they're ready to open that door, 
you're going to be there. But what if they're not like, what if they're not a person of peace? Make sure God know, make sure they know that God sees them. If, if, you're, if you're bold and you, you take a chance and you're rejected, don't take your shoes off and like that's not what we're talking about here. Wipe the dust off your feet. Hope you know God, God loves you. God sees you. Andrew was sharing this story on Thursday about this guy that he'd come across and this guy was testifying, he's an Uber driver. Guy gets in the car and he said, hey, they strike up conversation. He realized he needs to pray for this guy. And so he says, hey, can I pray for you? And the Uber, the guy in the, the, that gets the Uber says, Lyft, Daniel, sorry, he was a Lyft driver. And, um, and he says, you're the third Uber driver today that's asked me if they, if I could, if they could pray for me. He's like, yeah, so pray for me. And I share that story, share that example, because so often, man, people will reject us. And this is what Jesus says. Hey, it's not always gonna end well. Sometimes they're gonna reject you. They're gonna want nothing to do with you. Don't take it personal. You have no idea what God's gonna do. You're not gonna always get to see the fruit. You take this step. What if you're the first Uber driver? Or the second, you don't get to see any fruit, but what if you get to play a part in helping someone take a step towards Jesus because you're bold? Like, do you want that? Do y'all want that? I know we're scared, but this is what he's called us to do. Keep sharing. Keep sharing. We seek, this is what we say. This is how we stay. A few questions, then we'll be done. I know a question that you're asking because I asked this question. Do I have to do this? <laughs> like, can I just like come to, I like this church. Like, I, do I have to do this? I think it's the wrong question. Man, you, you get to be a part of God's work in someone's life. Jesus says this, he says, hey, don't store it for yourself treasures on earth, store it for yourself treasures in heaven. And I go, what are treasures in heaven? And, and, and I think what he's talking about there are, are people. That Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19. He says, what is our hope? What's our joy? What's our crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you, the church in Thessaloniki? Indeed, you are our joy and our glory. I go, you think about what really matters in your life. It's people, Right? It's connection. It's not stuff. Stuff's gonna fade. It's gonna be stolen. It's gonna be gone. Your kids are gonna squander it. It's the presence of other people. And when you and I start to value the things that God values, we start to store up treasures in heaven. So do I have to do this? No, you don't have to do this. You get to do this. What if I don't feel worthy to do this? Also a really good question. Some of us will go, man, I don't, I don't feel worthy to go tell people about Jesus. I can't possibly go to a coffee shop. Or... And what, what we're saying when, when we say that is that we actually don't believe the gospel. We're saying that we actually, man, when, when we go, I'm not worthy, we're actually saying we don't believe the gospel because the gospel is this revelation that, that none of us are worthy. 
right? And we go, man, I couldn't possibly share my faith because of what I just did last night. I couldn't possibly go out on a limb and invite someone into life with Jesus because of what I did. Yes, you can. That's the gospel. Your very message, the, the very mistakes become your message. You don't go to someone as someone who's got it figured out and, 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 and perfect. No, we go as stumbling people. We go, you know what? The God that we serve is a God that's gracious, a God that is merciful, a God that keeps walking us when we stumble. No one wants to be around self-righteous Whatever. People want to know, does God love me? In our lives, yeah, God loves you because God loves a sinner like me. Two more questions. What if I want to give my life to this God? How do I do that? Man, be baptized. Tonight, we're going to have a opportunity for anyone who wants to give life to Jesus to get baptized. And some of you, man, you've been kind of skirting around You've kind of been one foot in, one foot out, and you know that Jesus has been inviting you. Take a step. Man, some of you, maybe you've been walking with Jesus, but you've never given your life to him in baptism. And baptism is this moment of, of identification with Jesus where, where all, of, all of your sin and all of your shame and all those things are separated from you, and this great exchange happens where all the righteousness of Jesus is given to you forever, that the Holy Spirit of God is given to you forever, that empowers you, that equips you, that, 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 that your name is written in heaven never to be erased, that, that in this moment of identification with Jesus, we say, Jesus, I'm not perfect, but I know that you're real. I know that you came, that you died for my sin. It's this moment of exchange, death to life. And so some of you, man, come tonight. Give your life to Jesus in baptism. Last question. Man, why, but why do we do this? Like, why are you telling me, Brandon, to make a fool of myself? It's not about earning. It's not about proving. It's not about getting trophies, making trophies of people. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 18, verse 14. Our Father in heaven, listen to this, is not willing that anyone should perish. Our Father's not okay with people going to hell. With, with people walking through this life without the Spirit of God, without forgiveness, without grace. He's not willing. And neither are we as his kids. Why don't we do this? Because our Father's not willing. And it's not about us. We, we do this for others. There was a point in your life where someone took a chance and shared Jesus with you. And it was awkward and it was uncomfortable. But you are where you are now because someone took a chance. Here's what we're gonna do. You throw up that slide, please. There, this one slide I want you to think about. And man, how do you receive this invitation from Jesus to go? Is there resistance? Reservation? Man, are you ready? And so as we take communion, as we eat the bread and drink the cup, I invite you, man, to scatter around the room and, and to speak into this. Man, some of you, your, your hearts are, are very resistant to this and you don't know why. I invite you to come to the respond banner and we'll just pray and say, God, help, help the person who, who's feeling resistant. God, let that, let that change. Some of you have reservations and, and you have these fears and, and, and come to respond banner if you need prayer or, or share with the people that you came with and some of you guys are ready. 
As we take communion, I want you to speak into this. And then here's our assignment for this week. Here's what I want us to do. We're gonna actually try to put this into practice, okay? We're not just gonna talk about it. That's what Christians have done for too long. We talk about it and don't do anything with it. Me, me too. Here's what I want to invite us to do, to try this this week. To, to set aside an hour and go in twos. Did you notice that? You sent them out two by two. It's not by yourself. And go try this. Set aside time and try this. What I found is that when you have another person you're doing this with, rejection isn't so hard with another person. And so often when you have another person that you're doing this with, when you don't have something to say, so often they do. And so we're gonna try it this week. Does that sound good? Okay, let's pray. We'll take communion. If you need prayer, let's come respond to God, thank you. And I talked for a long time this morning and I pray that your words would really soften our hearts and that we would actually live into this. And that God, we wouldn't take delight in anything other than just being obedient and doing what you've called us to do. God, I pray you would silence all of our fears and apprehensions and would you actually stir in us just an excitement to go? God, I pray that every person here, God, they just encounter you. I pray that people who are here this morning that are, not, that are not Christians, that they would give their lives to you. And I pray that for every person in this room that we would go this week, that we would come back next week with some stories to tell about awkward encounters and even rejection because you tell us that when we're rejected, we know that we're doing something right taking chances. And I pray next week, God, that, that we come back in this place and we tried it and we take joy knowing that we stepped in. And so God, please don't let us just be comfortable, cozy Christians. God, let us care about the world the way that you do. Let us care about the lost the way that you do. God, don't let these be words. Impart your heart to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's go. Let's take communion. Come to the back and receive prayer. Thanks for hanging with me this morning. I know this is a heavy word. I love you all.